The June Stewart Leadership Series, a collection of podcasts and webinars designed exclusively for the members of COSIDA. This value-added collection of personalities will provide insights and perspectives on managing, directing, and leading one of the most important units in all of college athletics, the offices of sports information and communications. Jim Abbott earned a master's of science degree in sports administration from the University of Oklahoma and a bachelor's degree in business administration and physical education from Huntington College. Jim has worked in athletic and higher administration in athletics for the past 30 years. And the focus of Jim's tenure as athletics director at Oklahoma City University over the last 16 years has been on providing a championship experience for all student athletes athletically, academically, and socially, and establishing a culture of excellence throughout the entire department. Further, Jim has developed quite the reputation as a leader. And as we welcome Jim into this June Stewart Leadership Series installment, I'm curious to know, Jim, how do you define the word leadership? Well, Tripp, first of all, thanks for having me. You know, leadership for me uh, always immediately implies direction. So if you're, if you're going to lead, where are we going? And then specifically when I think of, of direction, I think that direction is based on understanding mission. Uh, so the place that we're going is uh, designed to meet your goals and ambitions. I think more than anything with leadership, I really am led to the word commitment. Um, I, I just think that leadership in itself requires a commitment to those goals and objectives. Um, it requires a commitment to serve others and to help those uh, other folks grow um, and to understand what the priorities are. And then finally, for me, from a commitment standpoint, it's a commitment to grow yourself, um, to continue to try to get better um, and improve your capability to meet that mission. So uh, I, I think personally, it's very difficult to give a description or a definition of the word leadership. I think it's more, for me, a series of attributes and actions. Let's dive into that just a little bit deeper then, Jim. Our focus is providing helpful leadership insights and perspectives for sports information professionals. Within that macro of culture and mission within the athletics department, what are your thoughts about building a microculture within the Office of Sports Information? Well, I think uh, culture is critical. And I have to admit that when I started in this position, if I had been asked how I was going to build culture, I would not have had an answer. I, I, I really didn't know the answer to it. So for us, culture are uh, really is those little things that you do every day that contribute to the mission. Uh, we understand and talk at length about, about the mission of our athletic department, and that would be more of the macro. I think having a micro culture within sports information is not only important, but maybe critical, um, provided that that microculture uh, feeds and develops and grows and furthers what we're doing from the macro standpoint. So uh, really along those same lines, we want to create uh, priorities and ambitions that are addressed daily within sports information that contribute to what we're doing uh, as a larger department and organization. So in leading the unit and as the architect of that culture, 
What do you see as being some best practices that a leader might consider when implementing, when strategizing, when trying to put the plan together? There are a few things that come to mind for me. Um, the first thing for me is defining success. So I talked earlier about um, you know direction that's based on understanding the mission. And in the case of our university, we know that academic success, financial success, social success, competitive success, those are the areas that are important to us. Um, when I started here, I think it was mostly just winning and losing. Um, so we broadened that. Um, and and I, I really think a best practice is to define what success means. Help coaches, help other staff members understand uh, this is what success looks like for you. And, and it may not be exactly the same for each sport or, or each department. Um, I think from my standpoint, I'm, I'm really a big proponent of, uh, of opportunities to grow. Um, I, I think for me personally, I'm always, I'm very engaged in professional development. Um, and I want to make sure that I'm encouraging and providing opportunities for our staff to do that. Uh, in athletics, we all sort of start at the bottom. And what we know is that there are a lot of really unglamorous tasks that have to be done. So um, I'm a believer that I'm not going to ask you to do uh, something that I wouldn't do myself um, or that I haven't done myself. Uh, and I really hearken back to my beginning in minor league baseball, pulling tarps and just the, the number of not particularly glamorous duties that we had to perform that contributed to the mission of the organization. Um, they're just not particularly fun. Let's visit on that just a little bit further. When you talk about developing your staff and understanding their goals, where does understanding the goals and ambition of the sports information staff rank within the unit? And it might be better asked, when does that understanding happen? Meaning, how often do you check in? Is this something that you do on a yearly review? So can you expand upon that thought of development just a little bit further? Well, going back to, you know, the last question we talked about, which was best practices, I think uh, one other item that I would add is consistent communication. So uh, for me, I meet regularly with our staff. We have staff meetings that involve our entire athletic staff, and we have smaller meetings throughout the year. And, and those meetings are designed to make sure that we're still focused on our mission. Um, they're designed to get updates to understand opportunities as they come about. Um, but more than anything, they give me an opportunity, maybe one-on-one -on -one or in a small group, to gain a better understanding of uh, where our staff is and, and what it is that they want. I try very hard to um, not just give a yes or no answer to a question, uh, but to explain what goes into um, that answer to try to help people grow. Um, it, it, I truly want to know what they what they want to do in their career, and and I would say that that's an attribute that I have picked up from people that I've worked for, who who asked me the same questions, who wanted to know what I wanted to achieve, and and were committed to help me get there. Um, I think beyond that, what I've tried to do has been 
to stretch people from time to time. Maybe they have not communicated to me that I'd like to do this, that, or whatever, but I see in them uh, that they have uh, capability to handle some additional duties or uh, potentially to help us thrive in an area that we're not thriving in. And so I want to know what their ambitions are, but more so I think my job is to uh, encourage them in areas that maybe were not apparent to them to begin with. It all interconnects, though, doesn't it? The communication, the commitment to want to learn what my staff's ambitions are, uh, the culture, the communication, all of it seems to tie back in well if you're leading correctly from the jump. Yes? Uh, absolutely. It, it, you know, when you talk about culture, to me, it, it never ends. Um, it's, it really is discussed when you're interviewing somebody and you're trying to get a sense of their commitment to what's important, important to you. So I don't think you can meet once at the start of the year and set some goals and meet again at the end of the year and then just determine did we get there or not. Um, I want to make sure along the way that we're communicating and that, uh, uh, and that we are making that kind of a progress. And, and also, I want to be nimble enough that if an opportunity presents itself that we're going to have the courage to uh, change what we thought the plan was to um, achieve something that could be really good for our uh, department and our university. I think courage is a great word to use, I think, in college athletics over the years. I don't know how many people are truly courageous any longer because they're scared of bucking the norm. And I would imagine that a good leader should be courageous. Well, I think courage is part of it. I, I think our job, part of the challenge in my job is my number one job is to fulfill and meet and add to the mission of the university that that's why we exist in athletics uh, i think lots of athletic departments struggle with that they think their job is to win uh, they think perhaps that the university is there to to serve them so my number one job is to serve the university but i have to do it in such a way where i sometimes defend uh, our department. And at small colleges, at, at any size university, athletics is always an area that um, is looked at. And there are always people who would have a question of why would we invest in athletics? Um, particularly now, as our industry is uh, tougher and tougher and more competitive than it's ever been, um, uh, that part of my job is is very important and maybe harder than it's ever been. How do we how do we truly serve the university uh, to the best of our capabilities, uh, and then how do we maintain our ability to be competitive and to uh, achieve some of the things that we want to achieve at a time when our resources are diminishing? Well, I'm curious to learn how it is you're finding your way through that. You know, Rotary International has a great three-word statement, which is service above self. Jim, if the athletic department, or let's just say the sports information department, if that is the self and service above self, then how is it that you have find a way to navigate all of the challenges to make sure that you are serving for the greater good, without making it look like that you're just trying to promote for the self 
which is athletics, and in this case, sports information, since that's our muse. You know, I, I think the key for us is is not losing sight of the mission. I think that's really what it comes down to. And again, I would say uh, that means that we intend to uh, reach levels of success academically, socially, financially, and competitively. Um, what I know is we're going to be at our best when I've got everybody um, engaged and committed at the same level uh, to the best of their ability. And what I really know is that that requires that um, I've got to meet their needs and I have to serve them. So the service part of it for me is to some extent uh, pushing and promoting and encouraging their professional development. Uh, I think to some extent, particularly in sports information, which I have to say is such a hard working area within our business. Um, sometimes service is just telling them to get the heck out of here. You're surrounded by type A individuals, coaches, who, who tend to come from the world of I want it now. Um, and I think a big part of what I can do, particularly with sports information, is to tell them uh, that we'll live another day, whether this gets done today or not, um, and to really try to find that balance, which is so, um, so difficult to find in our profession. So understanding what they want to be and then from time to time uh, looking at them and telling them, uh, go do something else um, or understanding when they have other issues that come up. I think that's just as important as anything. As we start winding ourselves down here, two more questions come to mind. The first being, where's that line between over managing a unit and then just cutting them loose? How do you know when to stay on and when to let them go? I think you develop a feel for that. Uh, I'm going to tell you that my approach has been more so to um, try to give directions and create the picture and, and uh, help determine the objectives and then turn people loose to, to go get them. Um, uh, part of why we meet regularly is so that uh, we can uh, get a sense of where we are in making progress toward that. With sports information in particular, um, there is not a lot that I can offer for them to improve. I, I mean, I'll, I'll admit that from time to time I've sort of offered, why don't we do this and why don't we do that? But um, I, I'm a believer in giving freedom. Um, and I'm a believer in, in communicating uh, in a face-to-face, -face, working together sort of a way if uh, there are any questions about whether we're doing, meeting the expectations of the, of the department. So I really think there's a feel there, especially at a smaller school like mine, where I don't have layers between me and our sports information people. I mean, literally, they report to me. Uh, as as do our operations people and academics. And so uh, I can't afford, if I'm going to be any good at what I do, I really can't afford to have to spend the time to micromanage them. Um, so I need them to understand and have the capability to flourish with the freedom. 
and more so I really need them to understand that um, they're not limited to just sports information. If they've got a great idea to how we can impact our organization in some other way, then I expect to hear it from them. You mentioned type A just a little while ago, and my last question is going to be asked with a little bit of a wry smile. Uh, we know the egos that are there in college athletics. We see them either on the highlights on a nightly basis, or we certainly encounter them when we're walking the fields and the courts. Jim, should a leader in college athletics, should they be humble? Ooh, um, I, I think the answer to that is yes. Um, I think there is a level of confidence that's important. Um, you know, not every day in our business is a good day. And there's stress and anxiety and worries. And um, it's important in the face of those challenges to have someone who's confident in, in where you're going and what you're doing. Um, you know, I would generally say that I'm fairly humble by nature, but just like everyone else, I have an ego. We tell our student athletes and I would tell my staff and look, we've enjoyed a lot of success. Um, um, if you win, act like you've done it before. That's what I'd like to see out of our people. But I, I think there are plenty of examples of leaders who I don't know personally who you would say are not particularly modest um, and yet still very successful at what they do. So I, I just don't know that there's one attribute um, that uh, really defines it in this situation. When I think of leadership, I, I recently, I do a lot of reading. I think if you're gonna be any good at this, you again, have to be committed to, to growing. Particularly when I started in this position, I had no idea how important problem solving was gonna be um, for my position. And, and not only did I need to learn how to solve problems, but more so I had to, I had to get as good as I could get at helping people avoid those problems. Um, I have recently been reading Shoe Dog, which is Phil Knight's memoir about Nike. And part of what really struck me about this book was, you know, the first 15 years or so as Nike developed, they doubled sales every year, which is incredible. Uh, but as Knight would explain in this, um, they doubled sales every year, but they never had any money. I mean, month after month after month, they could barely pay their bills. and despite the, the fact that Phil was sort of a quiet guy, sort of a humble, he would describe himself as an introvert. Um, he had the sense and what he was able to deliver for his staff was when times were really tough and they owed a million dollars and they wrote a million dollar check and they didn't have a million in the bank, um, he looked at his staff and, and told them, we've never been in a better position um, which ultimately we know turned out to be true, um, but which was exactly what the staff needed to hear at the time. They, they don't need to look at a leader who's stressed out and who doesn't believe and is, who's worried about the problems. They need a leader who sees the opportunities and sees where we're going um, and believes and believes um, in, in our business, you're often only as good as the last game. So one day you're up and one day you're down and coaches are on game day, they're stressed. And sometimes just having somebody who believes in you um, makes all the difference in the world. 
Um, you know, the other example for me, I, I love military history. I particularly love the books of Stephen Ambrose and the the miniseries Band of Brothers, which was on HBO years ago, but now you can you can watch it on demand anytime. It's worth a watch. There are two leaders in this in this series that stand out to me, and one is Captain Sobel. Captain Sobel is the in charge of the regiment during boot camp. So Captain Sobel is the type of leader who goes to great lengths to find you doing things wrong and punishes you. He takes away leave. He, he creates additional duties. But his effort to lead and mold and shape you is to is to break you down, to beat you down. Ultimately, Major Winters becomes the leader of this regiment and leads them throughout World War II. And, and he's the opposite. Major Winters, if you look at his character, is the guy that is leading the troops into battle. Um, he's not sitting back barking orders, do this, do that. He's right up front risking his own life. Um, and he really just sort of mirrors uh, that servant attitude that, that we've talked about that's, that's important. And so I think there are a lot of examples like that. And I think uh, I can easily see those examples and I can apply them to my athletic department today. I literally have situations that are very applicable to that. Um, and, and I'm determined that I want to be the humble, confident, uh, leader um, like Phil Knight, who's also the servant that Major Dick Winters was. The June Stewart Leadership Series installments of podcasts and webinars are available on demand, and they are exclusive to the membership of COSIDA. Engage these programs at your convenience and never hesitate to call upon COSIDA to assist in your journey as the leader of this great profession.